This is Democracy on the Move. Democracy on the Move is a podcast tribute to the people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. This episode is being released on Sunday, January 1, 2023. Happy New Year. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast, and thank you for joining us. In today's short podcast, I'll discuss how this year, 2023, is pivotal. It's a year where people will dig in and prepare the scene for next year's elections. It's pivotal because there are several issues that, depending upon how they're resolved, will have a profound effect on next year's elections and in fact may set the table for the end of democracy as we know it. Now if I sound overly paranoid, well, I hope that's the case, but I fear I'm not. But before we get started, I know I sound like Captain Obvious, but do you think money injects corruption into our government? If you think about all the money that's being pumped into the campaigns of our elected officials, you naturally have to ask, well, what's the catch? Well, the catch is this. Those who pump millions of dollars into political campaigns expect something in return. And the tragedy is that we, the people, are on the hook to pay the taxes, but we get little, if any, representation. It's just the people with the big dollars that get the representation, not us. If this doesn't sound fair or democratic, then check out Move to Amend. Move to Amend is an organization dedicated to passing a constitutional amendment to end corporate rule and the corrupting influence of big money in elections. This proposed amendment simply states that corporations are not people, and money does not equal free speech. For more information, you can find Move to Amend online at movetoamend.org. Happy New Year! Well, 2023 has arrived, and along with it comes a boatload of new political challenges. It's not an election year, but it is, in a political sense, the quiet before the storm. 2024 will be a highly consequential year, with a presidential election at stake, and therefore the future direction of this nation hangs in the balance. This could be said of all elections, I understand it, but I feel with this election and all the turmoil going on in our nation lately, it is especially true that our elections are highly consequential in the next go-around. Now, why do I say this? Well, if power is a balancing act, the scales may be tipped this year, 2023, where a number of state legislatures will try to put rules in place that will favor their party in the upcoming election. And the most consequential of these rules sits in front of the Supreme Court, which will render a judgment on the case of Moore v. Harper, which tests this radical idea called the independent state legislature theory. The theory states that the U.S. Constitution gives state legislatures nearly unlimited authority to regulate federal elections with little or no interference from state courts. It essentially rips the teeth out of the concept of the balance of power between the three branches of government when it comes to elections. In the extreme, and I do mean in the extreme, it would allow state legislatures, not the voters, to determine who becomes president. Now, at the core of this argument is Article 1, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, which states, quote, The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. And then Article 2, Section 1 says that states shall appoint presidential electors for the Electoral College, quote, in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. Proponents of the independent state legislature theory argue that under the plain text of these two clauses, state courts are not authorized to supervise how state legislatures run their elections or choose presidential electors. 
Now, that's not the way I personally interpret the Constitution, but then I'm not a member of the Supreme Court. The way I see it, no state legislature has the right to rise above the other branches of government and do as they please. But again, I don't sit on the Supreme Court. So the bottom line is this. If the Supreme Court decides that state legislatures have unfettered access to send electors of their choosing to Washington, D.C., it won't matter who you as an individual vote for. Your state legislature has the right to override your vote. Is this a power grab? Well, let me be clear about the answer. Yes, it is a shameless power grab. Is this consistent with the spirit of democracy? No, not at all. And let's talk about democracy for a moment. There's this argument that we don't live in a democracy anyway. We live in a constitutional republic. Now, I urge you to be very careful before you embark upon a path that supports that argument, because at the outset, what that argument is trying to do is to get you to become complacent about democracy. I mean, after all, why worry about losing democracy when you never had one to begin with, right? And so shameless power grabs like the independent state legislature theory is nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. Move along. Well, here's the problem with overparsing words. One word can have several meanings, and if you confine yourself to just one interpretation of the word democracy, you could be chalked into just throwing out our Constitution. So let's look at the word democracy. In a strict sense, it means that everybody votes on everything. This is what James Madison called, quote, pure democracy. Obviously, pure democracy doesn't scale so well when you're dealing with 320 million people in the United States. I mean, even back during the founding of our Constitution, when the 13 colonies consisted of slightly less than 4 million people, that was still too many people to participate in a direct democracy. But, fortunately, democracy has another definition. You only need to go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and you see the following variations of the definition. A. A government by the people, especially rule of the majority and b. A government in which the supreme power is vested in the people and exercised by them directly or indirectly through a system of representation, usually involving periodically held free elections. So, strictly speaking, a democracy isn't necessarily a republic, but a republic is necessarily a democracy. So anytime someone approaches you and tries to talk you into dismissing the idea of democracy because, hey, we don't actually live in a democracy, you only need to hit them on the head with a hard copy of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary and tell them to look up the word democracy. Now, we here at Democracy on the Move advocate heavily for the idea of democracy because, politically speaking, it is the basis upon which our nation was built, and it has yielded the most powerful and innovative nation on earth. Now, will we always be the most powerful and innovative nation on earth? Well, that is not guaranteed. We could fall in a matter of months, or in the case of January 6, the fall from this high perch can take place in a matter of hours. Once we cease to be a representative democracy, we lose everything. And I mean everything. Everything that you've ever taken for granted, the roads that you drive, the stores that you shop at, your career choice, your personal freedom to move about, everything could disappear overnight were we to lose our democracy. Do I sound paranoid? I hope so, honestly. I hope I'm wrong about all of this, but I fear that I'm right. I fear I'm right because I'm seeing a disturbing trend in this nation. Now, I spoke a short time ago about 2024 being a consequential year and that this year, 2023, may set the stage for next year. 
I'm not only concerned about the independent state legislature theory gaining traction in what is increasingly becoming an activist Supreme Court, but on a smaller scale, I'm seeing state legislatures across the country chip away at our right to self-govern. This year, for example, several state legislatures are trying to make it more difficult, if not impossible, to exercise the initiative process. Well, what is the initiative process? A state initiative is a process by which citizens can propose and vote on new laws or constitutional amendments in their state. This process allows citizens to have a direct say in the laws and policies that affect them and can be an important tool for bringing about change at the state level. I mean, what could be more democratic in the pure form of the word democracy than an initiative process? Initiatives can be used to address a wide range of issues, including political reform, social issues, environmental protection, and so on. They can be a way for citizens to propose solutions to problems that they believe are not being adequately addressed by their elected state legislatures. As I see it, it's a way for citizens to take matters into their own hands because their elected officials are failing to answer to the real needs of its citizenry. It's a way to wrestle power away from the elites and put it squarely back into the hands of the people where it belongs. Now, the initiative process works by having a group of citizens who want to propose a new state law or state constitutional amendment to get together and collect a number of signatures from registered voters in the state. And if they get enough signatures, their proposal will be placed on the ballot for all voters to consider in the next election. I think it's a great idea. But unfortunately, not all states support initiatives. There's only 24 states so far that support some form of the initiative process, including my home state of Missouri. Now, here's what I find disturbing. This year, legislators in several states, including my home state of Missouri, are actively trying to undermine the initiative process and make it impossible to have this check on their power. Now, why are they doing this? Well, in the state of Missouri, the answer is simple. The state legislatures don't want to deal with their pesky constituents that feel so frustrated with their legislatures that they're trying to get around them by using the initiative process. In Missouri, which has been run by a supermajority for nearly two decades, the legislatures have had to deal with a number of successful initiative drives that have circumvented their power. Legislators don't like this. Well, not all legislators, but a sizable number of legislators don't like this. The initiative process is democracy in its purest form, which is, for some reason, unpalatable for many legislators. So here's the game that's playing out right before our eyes, right here in Missouri, and I suspect in several other states as well. Since the U.S. Supreme Court nullified Roe v. Wade last year, Missouri was the first state to enact a trigger law that immediately made abortion illegal in nearly all situations. Now, this was not a move supported by a majority of the people, but when a supermajority legislator passed this trigger law, there wasn't much that citizens could do about it, at least not in the short term, except to change the Constitution itself through the initiative process. So you can probably already guess what I'm getting at. There's already a movement to get petition signatures on an initiative that will change the Constitution and nullify any anti-abortion laws. So it doesn't take an Einstein to figure out what our state legislature is up to this year. They're going to try to get rid of the initiative process in the state or at least make it nearly impossible to have a successful initiative drive. And it's not just anti-abortion that's motivating these legislatures. There's a slew of new laws being proposed this year regarding LGBTQ rights, state funding of private schools, voting regulations, guns, etc. In many cases, the state legislatures would like to write these laws to benefit the minority over the majority 
and they don't want to be concerned about citizens cutting into their action by using the initiative process. The tragedy here is that in an ideal world, we wouldn't even need initiatives. If our elected representatives were truly working on our behalf, citizens should feel sufficiently empowered to enact changes through the system that was designed to retain power in the hands of the people. But here we are. Because our system of government is imperfect, the initiative process, which serves as an ultimate check on our legislatures, is itself under attack. The unfortunate irony for state legislatures in this case is that in order to change or get rid of the initiative process, it requires a ballot initiative itself. In other words, we the people, we get to vote on whether we want our state legislatures to reduce our power. Essentially, we get to vote on whether we want to sustain our democracy. Now, not if, but when this issue gets put on a ballot, I personally urge you to vote it down with extreme prejudice. We Americans, we cherish our freedom above all. We should never, ever give it up for any reason. If we were to do so, this great experiment in democracy would go down in flames. So this year, 2023, is a pivotal year across our country. The stage will be set for what could be a highly consequential election next year. Please keep a close eye on developments in whatever state you reside and remain diligent to any threats to our democracy. Don't allow yourself to be fooled into thinking that we do not live in a democracy, for that could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. We live in a nation where the people retain ultimate power, unless they decide to give it away. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will help keep you in touch with our march toward a more perfect union. If you have any questions or suggestions, or if you'd like to sponsor future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org or contact us on our webpage at democracyonthemove.org contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. Theme music, Murky Waters, performed by El Rey Music, used under license from Shutterstock. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead. We hope you'll tune in again next week.